HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more and find the store nearest to you. Food and travel, they go hand in hand. And chances are, if you're a fan of Heritage Radio Network, you love them both. Between April 10th and 24th, we have six incredible food and travel experiences up for auction at CharityBuzz.com. Go on an underground food tour of New Orleans with a rocket scientist. Get your hands on VIP passes to Feast Portland or enjoy a ranch to table experience in wine country. Four of the experiences include hotel stays at some of the most iconic properties across the country, including the newly reopened Hotel Claremont in Atlanta. Now's your chance to win the ultimate bourbon and beyond weekend in Lexington or take in a Latin food tour of New York's outer boroughs. You'll eat, drink, explore, and relax, all while supporting Heritage Radio Network. Help us keep the lights on and the mics hot. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash auction and bid now. Hey, and welcome to the food scene on heritageradionetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkell, here today with Tanaya and Andre Darlington, and of course, my man, Robert Johnson on the Crosley. Now, there's music playing in the background. There are drinks to be made. And that's because there is such synergy in a new book called Booze and Vinyl, written by these two wonderful Darlington sitting in front of me. And what that is, is a compilation not only of, you know, wonderfully pressed records throughout the ages from the 1930s till now, but a collection of a-side and B-side drinks to have there with. So, first of all, thank you for doing that, because now I'm going to go out and get a Crosley for myself. After hearing, you know, I, I was telling you off-air my stories of Robert Johnson and how I wore a Mississippi string tie when yeah. I was younger, and I love this album. I was a little too young to drink then, but this makes me want to drink. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. We share that feeling. Us too. Yeah. <laughs> but why, why have music and cocktails been such a thing, such a kind of crossroads for you throughout life? 
Well, we grew up in a musical household, Michael. Our father was a violinist, and he had a very eclectic record collection. And we lived in the Midwest in a very quiet town. And so we would cook dinner with our dad and our mom every night with the record player on. And so it is just a formative part of our life. You know, as siblings, too, you guys used to kind of make newspapers. And, and, and <laughs> you know, I, I was really We were crafty. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you cared about documenting these things, about yeah. making publications. So why now? Why was there a conscious decision to make a book putting these two loves of your life together? Well, we had written the new cocktail hour uh, a couple years ago, and we were actually living in different cities, and we wrote a lot of that book over Google Hang, and we started uh, drinking together and you know doing uh, cocktail research that way. And uh, we'd always have music on the background of each other's houses, but also when we've lived in the same city, we've you know we like to listen to music. It's just kind of an every you know the. We're one of those people that are like, okay, bring out the cocktails. What are we listening to? <laughs> yeah. You know, so it was kind of a natural uh, natural flow. But it was definitely after doing the new cocktail hour that we thought, um, you know, that book, what we loved about it was bringing the craft cocktail revolution to the home person's bar and just really raising the, you know, the level of education about cocktails in general. And we thought, well, that would be great to do with vinyl as well so that vinyl people could discover cocktails and cocktail people... Um, or new, you know, certainly new cocktail people could discover some vinyl albums. Um, so it just seemed to work. Yeah, yeah. And, and I love that this virtual happy hour, nine hundred miles oh apart, yes. over old fashioned <laughs> hatched this plan. Um, it, it's kind of a wonderful thing because Andre, you were a bassist. Yeah, uh, I read uh, tonight that you were a triangle player in a, in a past band. She played violin yeah. too. Oh, she just doesn't okay. want to talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> But I'm you both shy. kind of went your separate paths in literature, in food, and Andre, you were a food critic, a food writer, and tonight, I mean, you are aka Madame Fromage, and you teach creative writing and know everything underneath the sun about cheese. Um, you know, having these two divergent paths, it feels like this was a way for you to come back together. It was kind of, yeah, although we definitely. didn't we didn't plan it this way. Oh, no. And what's strange <laughs> is Tania became this, you know, the cheese courtesan. And uh, I was, you know, 900 miles away, also sort of pursuing a very different uh, food career, um, a little more beverage, a little more wine. Um, and we originally came together thinking that we were going to do a wine and cheese book. And here yeah. we are talking to you about <laughs> booze and vinyl. Yeah. But we really like the ride. Yeah. <laughs> It's always the book that you fuel yourself with to write another project that becomes the book. Exactly. Like, yeah, we'll so do true. we'll do wine and cheese and over cocktails and vinyl. But I, I am so glad that it came to this because, again, you have this amazing portable Crosley here. And I, I am sad to say that I do have a couple records, but I do not have a record player. And there is something so tactile, tactile and, and, and so, you know... Um, I don't even know the word. It's not steampunk, but like such a wonderful throwback to having vinyl and cocktails have had that same revolution. So uh, yeah, they've had parallel lives. It is strangely the return of the repressed, repressed analog in a way, the return of garnish, the return (laughs) and the return of vinyl in your hands. Yeah. (laughs) But really also the return of this incredible album art, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, it is amazing the relationship that you have with music when you, feel it as an album and see, you know, versus just, you know, Spotify has the album covers, but it's not the same as opening up the vinyl and having a poster fall out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been pretty magical, actually. Yeah. And we grew up with vinyl and kind of having that magic where the vinyl is very much like a book. It comes out and often has a booklet inside. Um, and then as we've sort of gotten back into this, um, 
and you know, we're researching this book. We were picking up more vinyl, of course, and then you know, um, the addiction is very easy and be- <laughs> begins. So we have lots of vinyl now, um, lots more than when we even started out with. But uh, we've really enjoyed um, both that, the, but the, really the craft of the vinyl and the, the craft cra- of vinyl and yeah. the craft of cocktails. Yeah, yeah they really, there's a lot of just yeah crossover and. And of course, you put on a record, and and you're like, okay, now I need something in my hand. Yeah, so it's just a great way to enjoy a social hour or to, you know, kick off a Sunday afternoon. We're, you know, we've written a lot in the last two years together. We've written three books, and now we're like, we're ready to relax. Yeah, <laughs> relax. I want to drink. You're going and like on an eight city like, tour, you know, right? That's yeah, not right. Relax. It's yeah, not, well, yeah. we'll relax eventually. I think vinyl gives you a chance to have a little bit of idle time. You put on a record and you do sit down and listen, whereas you put in earbuds and you take a walk or you jog yeah. or you get do work. Vinyl, I feel like it, it just slows you down. It does. It stops you. It lets you savor. And so what are the A and B sides of this record? Oh, this is Robert a- Johnson. Robert- and it's a poker-themed party. We did, we gave each listening party a theme, and so this is Poker Night. And I really, we really thought, well, he is the singer of the Crossroads, and it says bus, you know, bus station all over. So we went with a Greyhound. That's side yeah. B. Uh, side uh, A is size, a Mississippi side, Punch, right? Which is sort of an homage to where Johnson is from. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also the punch is sort of the communal, you know, the communal punch bowl. Listen to this music. We um, love the idea of having people over. You have a Mississippi punch, which is bourbon, rum, and there's a third spirit in there, Andre. Do you remember what it is? I don't. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's a Mississippi punch. I've made it a couple times, yeah. but it's You throw some chicken on the grill. We got a recipe in there for uh, some chicken sandwiches. Chicken some sandwiches boozy chicken sandwiches. That you marinate in rum. Yeah. yeah. You know, booze all around. And then the second side, once you know, you've lost your shirt at cards you know you but this is an example hunt. of one of the albums that we love and we think of course it's uh, you know a known ma- a masterpiece but so many um, folks don't know it um, so it's something it's that we put in the book that I think is some people say oh of course you know you grew up playing it but other people who picked up the book for uh, you know Lady Gaga perhaps <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just don't know Robert Johnson yeah. and um, so we we like to cover the gamut that way and I worry that they think that Crossroads is a Britney Spears movie, which it also is. But we're going to take a quick... Thank you. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about the 70 iconic albums, four chapters of rock, dance, chill, and seduce, and A and B-side cocktails therewith. You're listening to The Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. From papayas and samosas to reishi mushrooms, if it's something that sounds delicious, chances are you'll find the freshest, best version of it at Whole Foods Market. They have more than 400 stores across the country, so if you consider pizza its own food group or just can't imagine when avocado toast wasn't a thing, Whole Foods Market has you covered. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com to find a store near you. Whole Foods Market. Whatever makes you whole. Welcome back to the Food Scene on Heritage Radio Network.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with the Darlingtons, Tanaya and Andre, and their wonderful Crosley turntable, little portable guy, and yeah. of course, the man in black, Johnny Cash. And this book, Booze and Vinyl, Vinyl and Booze, I feel like you could flip it either way, sure. is so great because it is a listening party and it makes you slow down and it makes you savor. And you two are about to make me drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I got your tin cup ready here, Michael. <laughs> Talk to me about what the decisions are 
and when you were concepting cocktails per each album and how you came to arrive at this one for Johnny Cash. Oh, this was a known no-brainer because you listen to this album, which is recorded live in prison, and you were literally hearing, literally hearing like the warden over the loudspeaker and things like that. And he's playing in front of a live crowd of guys, probably on folding chairs, and you know they had tin cups. So we were like, okay, first of all, we've got to make a drink in a can- tin cup. Then Andre and I looked at each other and we're like, side A, suffering bastard. <laughs> <laughs> some uh, some of the albums, the drinks really jumped out at us. Um, we had a good time. Sometimes there are play on words for Lady Gaga. We have a Brandy Alejandro, for example. But some other fun ones was um, for Blondie, we actually found the rest of the cocktail menu for uh, Max's Kansas City where everybody hung out and there was a Blondie cocktail on that menu while they were hanging out there. Um, turns out that's basically a golden Cadillac, the recipe for it. Um, but we had, we had a good time with, or, or we would look and see what the singer actually drank and liked. So for like Keith Richards, it's Jack and Coke and Coors, yeah. which he would drink all three of those together, basically. Um, so we, we'd, we approached it a, a multitude of, of different ways. Um, well, we would work backwards. We'd be like, dirty martini. Then on it was like, Iggy Pop. You know, you're drinking that <laughs> on the edge of your dirty yeah. sink before you go out on the town. Actually, my favorite was uh, Purple Rain with the aviation. Oh, oh yeah. nice. I mean, I'm such a creme de violette sucker. Oh, no nice. Kidding. And I feel like a lot of people gravitate towards blue drinks. You know, yeah. blue curacao. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I'll drink it because of its color. There aren't many purple drinks out there. True. No, True. and that's a gorgeous drink. Um, One yeah, of my we, favorites, actually, is the Thriller album. That wrote itself. So we have a zombie cocktail for side A, because, you know, you watch Thriller videos, and it's the zombies are so awesome. And then side B is a moonwalk cocktail, which was actually invented for Neil Armstrong's first walk on the moon. But, you know, the moonwalk, how can yeah. you not drink that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there is also such cool, like, historical synergy as a Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Yeah. You do, what, the East it's India Indian. cocktail. Yeah. yeah, trying to harken back to when the Beatles visited the Maharishi, it's all also, the first it was sort of known as the first global cocktail, where all the ingredients, um, you know, required basically the beginning of mercantilism for it to for that cocktail to appear um, as an important uh, an important drink. So we tried to do we tried to give people a good smattering of historical drinks while making it fit, while making them generally pretty simple to make. Yeah. The East and, India cocktail is a little more complicated. but And of course, we're in Brooklyn, so Beastie Boys. Yeah. Absolutely. And the Brass Monkey I never knew was a drink. No kidding. It was actually a, 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 a bottled product created by Hublin uh, at some point in the 60s, I think. Um, it, I, I don't think it did very well in the market, but apparently the Beastie Boys had gotten their hands on it. Excellent. And well, it, Let's get our hands I'm make on you some, a yeah, stone some fence. drinks. Andre, there's there's kind of a cool story behind the stone fence and why we chose it for side B of uh, Johnny Cash. So the stone fence is uh, one of the, I think of Johnny Cash as being kind of the king of Americana. But if, um, We're just going to focus on the drink sounds for That's a second. Right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Getting out some tin cups. We have a little vintage portable bar set we brought up on the train. So the two <laughs> liquors that Americans, early Americans, would have made them able to drink during colonial times was, was rum and hard cider. And that is the recipe for the stone fence. Uh, the garnishes can change, but the combination is always hard cider and, and rum. Whiskey did take over later. But stone fence was the drink that the Ethan Allen boys got drunk on before they invaded Fort Ticonderoga. <laughs> they stopped in an inn and had stone fences. They probably each had, you know, four or five to work up their courage and then invaded, uh, 
you know, what we now know is an empty fort, practically. Um, but we just thought the stone fence was perfect for the kind of the Americana vibe, um, giving a little bit of that Americana history, that this is just one of the ultimate, uh, you know, American uh, cocktails. And it's absolutely delicious. Andre, I need the rum. How often have you said that to him in your life? <laughs> Pretty much every day. Yeah. I feel like you guys would be very good like... at cocktail charades. <laughs> we are everyday drinkers, uh, for better or worse. We're doing a little uh, plantation rum and uh, hard cider. So first I put some of Andre's homemade Angostura bitters in the cup. A little rum, and I'm using a little Pennsylvania Windridge hard cider. Michael, you said it was a late night, so this is going to perk you right up. It was either a late night and early morning. I don't know <laughs> at this point. Thank you for this. Andre, can I offer you a refreshing oh, please. stone fence? I was going to inappropriately say this tastes like Johnny Cash, <laughs> but I don't really know. I don't really know. But Well, we're drinking out of a tin cup. Yeah. Um, cheers. Cheers. And, I mean, cheers and congrats to this project. And, again, it is just the beginning because you were about to go on tour uh, um, with Crosley, with this portable turntable, to about eight cities. Yeah, we're starting uh, here in New York. We're going to be at Extra Fancy on, uh, I believe, uh, April 17th. We go and do um, Record Store Day. We've really... um, you know, we love we love our local record stores wherever they happen to be around the country. So we're, you know, partnering with with record stores and uh, going across on a mobile record store van and ending up in Nashville. Yeah, New uh, York to Nashville. New York to Nashville, <laughs> going to the heart of the American food <laughs> or American uh, music scene. Yeah, and if I were in Nashville, is there a specific cocktail related to that place? Because that's another thing. Cocktails are, are almost terroir driven in that they were created somewhere and kind of exist like a Sazerac in New Orleans. Throughout these cities, are there specific cocktails that people should be drinking, listening to music from that region? My friend, we have a Tennessee, what's called, I think a Tennessee martini in the book yep. for Lucinda Williams, which is, uh, it's actually more of like a Manhattan. We yeah. use some like cherry juice some uh, Tennessee whiskey and then sparkling water. Club we may be soda. pulling that one out in Nashville <laughs> yeah. at the Grand. We will definitely yeah. be Country Hall of Fame. <laughs> We're again here in New York. Yes, we do have the Beastie Boys, but we also have the Ramones. And I think it's so amazing that you were able to put a, a classic two-ingredient cocktail in there called the Jello Shot, which is literally <laughs> a Jello Shot. <laughs> but. The last Ramones concert I went to, uh, you know, and they have Hey Gabba Gabba jumping across the stage, I did actually have Jello shots in the parking lot. <laughs> You're kidding. No joke at all. I mean, it was it like... It seems so right. Yeah, it does. So does a whiskey smash for them. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is appropriate. But yeah, the Jello shot in rock and roll high school, I mean, that that's just the sense of when I had that drink, even though I know my wife just recently had a Jello shot, you know, and... You know, she's an accomplished wine and spirits writer, and I think she had like one of her first Jello shots recently. What flavor? Oh, I don't know. She Jello flavored. Oh, okay. Probably, Probably the Campari. Red. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. But the playfulness of this whole thing of you know taking these two things that you guys have grown up on and adored for so long. Does this feel like work? Did this feel like just the affirmation that people should be doing the things that they love because it can come out into a beautiful product like this and you can tour it around and be happy about it? 
Oh, it didn't feel like work at all. <laughs> I mean, we had so much fun just planning out the very various listening party themes. Like, we spent one whole afternoon where we would just run through the albums and be like, what do you want to be drinking? And like, who do you want to have over? Um, and like, so the book has everything from like a clothing swap in it for Carol King's tapestry, <laughs> right? To the arty pajama party for Beck or a tiki party for Talking Heads, which just Talking Heads scream tiki to us for whatever reason. I mean, we just howled. We were like, that would be so awesome. Yeah. You know, let's do a tiki party mix. Let's the work. Uh, the work bit was really um, trying to curate a really great list of albums. Uh, some of some t- out of these seventy, many of them are known. They're the best selling albums still on vinyl. Um, but we wanted really good diversity. We wanted really good stories. Um, so you know, we did some swapping in and out of albums. Some that didn't work or were too much like another album. Um, so really, it was a cur- curation job more than more than anything. I think we saw a lot of um, our friends and neighbors getting into vinyl for the first time. They would, you know, see a new record store. They would go in and buy something for the album art. We tried to create a book where if someone wanted to start their collection, this is seventy great albums, you know, going way back in time that it would build, you know, a terrific anchor to anybody's. Uh, and we had a lot of albums know, that room. we that we love personally that aren't in mm-hmm. the book, um, but we chose these to be diverse and also we have some that we love that are really really expensive still because they haven't been reissued so we always were doing our research to make sure that people could get these albums at a decent price mm-hmm. so yeah get off that spotify sorry spotify <laughs> i mean we still love spotify but there's something to be said about listening to vinyl having a cocktail in hand djs and cjs that's my new word for cocktail jockeys <laughs> oh i love it <laughs> CJ's nice. thank you so much to darlington thank oh you. thanks so much for having us this on a what a blast thanks so much for making booze and vinyl cheers, cheers. thank you you've been listening to the food scene on heritage radio network.org i'm your host michael harlan turkel hoping to have you back here next tuesday at three music by cookies and robert johnson and johnny cash and david tattashore engineering cheers cheers Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Ever wonder what kind of podcast Julia Child would have made? Probably would have been one where she introduced you to all of her latest discoveries and favorite people. And that's exactly the tradition we're following on Inside Julia's Kitchen, the podcast of the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts. Join me, Todd Shulkin, your host, and the Foundation's Executive Director, as I bring you inside the Foundation's world to meet the bright lights of today's food universe, just as Julia used to do from her own famous kitchen. New episodes air on Heritage Radio Network, Wednesdays at noon Eastern. Listen in.